0: Today, we're going to kill two birds with one stone, which is a terrible thing to do because we're a medical clinic and we shouldn't be killing anything. But they aired at the exact same time, starting and finishing at exactly the same time. And so we want to take both on in this episode of our podcast. We're ready for the next patient. Welcome to the BL Clinic. My name is Sister Unity. I'm one of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Hello,
1: I'm Jose or Dr. Jose. Since this clinic needed a doctor and I was the closest thing. I'm a fish doctor.
0: The two of us are fans of the BL genre. Known
1: as shonen Ai in Japan and boys love in English speaking countries, BL is a genre from Asia that has been growing popularity in the last couple of years.
0: So in this podcast, we will be giving diagnosis, prescriptions, and prognosis for BL series. We are two gay men with a penchant for male-male love stories.
1: So join us as we explore the world of BL and as we tease apart and analyze BL series from a unique queer-centric perspective. So the series that have come to the clinic at the same time are Cutie Pie, and Secret Crush on You. And these two series had about the same number of episodes, and I think they started at the same time, and they ended pretty much almost at the same time.
0: Now, we want to be clear. Secret Crush on You is Y-O-U, not Secret Crush on a Female Sheep. That's an important distinction to make. There were no sheep in that show.
1: Wait, I don't get it.
0: <laughs> female Sheep is a U.
1: Oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I would say this about Toto. Toto was weird. He probably could have fallen in love with the sheep. So.
0: <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to scour the internet for those photographs. <laughs>
1: let's start with Cutie Pie, and kind of let's talk about what we like because I I think we should start with the positive and I want to know what you like about it. Like the overall, you know, like not like specific scenes, but I'm talking about the overall picture. Sure. What do you like about Cutie Pie? Well,
0: something I liked about it right away is something that has occurred in a lot of BLs in the last few years, whether they were good or bad. And that is the production values. The photography of it was beautiful and elegant and reflective of mood. It created mood. It was romantic but it needed to be romantic. Just beautifully shot. Hair and makeup and costumes, art direction and set dressing, all of it contributed, Lighting, all of it contributed to setting a very elegant mood, which was appropriate. Uh, apparently in the books, the elegance, the opulence, and the wealth of this series was even greater than was displayed in the series, but they did capture a sense of Bangkok aff- uh, affluence. So yes, that was the first thing. The second thing was I thought the casting... The casting was very good. It was so good to see Z back again and playing a nice, uh, solid role. Um, I thought it was a very good part for him. Very tsundere, which he does very well. But he also has a kind of boyish, very charming, sweet, uh, romantic or or gentle side to him. So those were uh, the two things that I liked about it, the casting and the, the cinematography yeah
1: okay so for me i would say i i agree with everything you said so i don't want to add too much because i don't want to you know repeat what you said i i agree with the acting uh, i especially agree that c is a great tsundere and one of the things that i would mention is something that we talk about in the break room we are going back and forth passing notes on the patients. and you did mention something that i think is very true that is that C would have made a great Dr. Pa in in ah, Two in moons. moons. And I think That's I think right. he's a really exactly. good Sundere. He plays it very well and I think he's a great semi. So the other thing I agree with is the production. Yeah, the production was great. I would add that to me it did capture uh, opulence I think maybe not to the degree uh, like you say it's not to the degree that maybe a Korean production would do not maybe to the degree that some Chinese productions have attempted but I think it, it was opulent the other thing I liked was the OST I think that the song was was kind of catchy so those were actually those were my three positives that I wrote now we're gonna switch to more specific things that we like. There was one scene, and it's not that I like this scene, but I like the acting in this scene so it's associated with these three things that I like. And that was the scene when uh, Nuea is drunk, and he gets in the car with C, and I thought the drunk acting there was, was really good. I, I think it's the best drunk acting I have seen in an Thai actor. So I really like that. That's a
0: subject for a whole podcast, is drunk scenes.
1: Yeah, I know, because they never do them very well, but this one was, was well done. But yeah, there wasn't that many scenes that I like. I think that towards the end there, when they tried to shoehorn a little bit of political stuff there, talking about marriage equality, I think I liked that too. But other than that, I, I there wasn't that many scenes that, that stood out for me, at least. What about you?
0: I feel almost exactly the same, with some small exceptions. I agree with you they didn't really shoehorn the gay marriage equality message in but I appreciated that they did. Uh, yeah yeah it was uh, very solidly spoken very solidly presented so I appreciated that. And I liked the I liked that it the whole story began with two grandfathers who were a gay couple who were it, the heads of the family mm-hmm. and they had they were so well respected that they actually proclaimed that the two boys were engaged and i just that that was just inescapably queer and a sort of queer fantasy. like i've never seen any story where two great gay grandfathers have announced that these underage boys are you know dedicated to marry each other like that was really just as a as a as a a fag that was just (laughs) captivating for me but the, the, the other stuff that was good was very late on there were in the last maybe three episodes or so Uh, And there were just moments and it really, the story happened to open uh, a hole in the gray, dark gray clouds of confusion that was most of this story. The the rays of sunshine came down and allowed the actors to portray some really sensitive, vulnerable, sincere, real moments, which I loved. Uh, The drunk scene was one. The scene where the secondary couple, when they finally... Had the conversation that they should have had in like the I don't know fourth or fifth episode, <laughs> um, and cleared the air and came together as a couple. It was very sincere and it was lovely, and it was followed by a kind of sexy scene. And you and I have our critique of how sex is being slathered into the BLs these days, uh, usually for ratings and eyeballs and money. But this was this one actually worked for supporting the, the character arc and the story point. And I thought that if you're going to do a sex scene, or the gratuitous sex scene, that one was done actually pretty well. The other one was, I thought that this, the uh, second to last episode, the end at uh, he and Liam's father's party, in which he proposes, I got swept up and I allowed myself to enjoy that fantasy. When Liam proposes to Tuet, and Tuet turns him down, uh, gasped that was, I, I just loved, it. I thought it was really well done, really well acted. I-, I liked it, it's a piece of storytelling that stood out to me, but those are our, pos- our, our small positives, which leads us now to, what do these two doctors in this clinic for BLs have to say, have to diagnose, about what, what? went what? wrong? And the first thing I would say, the first thing I have to point out, is the writing. Yeah, the script. It was really bad. The logic of the story did not make sense, it did not flow. For example, Episode one: The whole problem between the relationship is set up in the first episode when uh, Liam says, "I don't love you." Clue asked him, "Do you love me?" He says, "No, I do not love you. You're an Annabelle." And then Clue responds with, "Well then, I'm breaking off the engagement." And so the whole rest of the story needs to be about one doesn't love the says he doesn't love the other because he's faking, and the other breaks off the engagement. How does this couple come together? Well, the problem was that they kept throwing them together and pulling them apart and throwing them together and pulling them apart in ways that made no sense in relationship to that beginning set of statements by the characters. That's to be heartbroken that Liam he doesn't love him, but in almost, it was either the next episode or the third episode, Liam is like, I love him, I love you, I love you. Like, he kidnaps him to bring him into his house because he loves him. Like, that doesn't fit with what he said. And if he, what, if he didn't mean his words when he said, I don't love you, well, then that needs to be explained and displayed. Is he lying? Is he faking? Is he saying it to get his boyfriends to change? Well, that story needs to be told clearly, and they didn't. They just made him waver back and forth between being a, a cold, hard heart and completely head over heels gushy in love. And Chloe, this was the biggest problem. Chloe is supposed to have two sides. His real side that loves motorcycles and fast cars and rock and roll, and he's studying car mechanics in college, but he hides it all from his boyfriend, and he dresses up like a goody-two-shoes teddy boy in front of his, or an Annabelle, as the series calls it, in front of his boyfriend, which his boyfriend hates. Then the boyfriend falls in love with him and expresses love with him and even has sex with him as that Annabelle personality, which he, the story set up that he's not spouse. Utterly confusing. Made no sense.
1: Oh, you know, I think I forgot to mention the things I like. I like the third couple, which is the scene and Noor,
0: scene and the other cute guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the, I Yes, like that you couple. are
0: absolutely right. And it has to be said that was a breath of fresh air in an otherwise frustrating story. It was like someone took a twisted script and in a bestowal of grace, they inserted a regular quality Ty BL story
1: with the third couple. No, I and I like the the couple, and I, you know, it wasn't, I don't know that I would say I like it enough for me to want to see a separate series with them, but I think they deserve more screen time. I always I say that. They were an interesting couple, and I think yeah, the so actors... Yes, they were kind it. of a
0: sweet couple.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting because that couple was not I mean, in the, um, in the give novel. the
0: them a whole new script.
1: Yeah, but that couple was not in the novel, which is interesting. Oh, you interesting. know
0: what? You know what that couple can do? What? Here's 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 my uh prescription for that couple. Give uh z and nue the uh pa and yo rolls in two moons and give this couple the fourth and t rolls
1: the fourth beam. Yes. Fourth and beam, yeah.
0: Yes, the fourth beam. Yeah, Not yeah. Not the yeah. third beam, but fourth beam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of like negative, so you mentioned this script, I I I think this script is probably the biggest issue with this series. What I found was that I almost would describe the plot as maybe the word meandering might not be the word for a plot that does this, but it's almost like they meander the, there was meandering, not of maybe the course of the plot itself, but the characters and their motivations sort of meander. They don't, they don't settle. Like they're always like changing and you're not sure where they're going with it. And so for me, it was it was meandering, it was confusing, it was unnecessarily convoluted.
0: Yes, that's right. And I'm going to name that disease as meandering logic.
1: Yeah, Come yeah. Up. It is a
0: terminal case of meandering logic.
1: Yeah, where where they really couldn't settle on what the characters wanted from each other. So one of the things that I thought was confusing yes. was he says, oh, you're an Annabelle, right? He says you're an Annabelle because he knows... He knows that the guy is hypocritical because he knows that the guy is being false, because he knows that he's hiding all this stuff. So he knows the real person because he knows who the real person is. He knows that he's a musician. He knows he likes fast motorcycles. He knows about what major he is in college. He knows all that. He at the end knows all this. <laughs> you know, like I think he was in love with the real guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they made such a big deal out of, I think you like me as a goody two-shoes. Oh no, you don't like me as a goody two-shoes. Then you don't know me and you must not like me.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how much of that is lost in translation. But yeah, I I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, speaking of things that I didn't like, I would say that, you know, we already covered this in a previous podcast, but the toxicity in this series is, is huge. There's so many scenes that are...
0: Frustrating and offensive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Frustrating and offensive. And I spent a lot of time just like going on Facebook or texting you because I was so frustrated. <laughs> Both Ukes are kidnapped by the Simmons. So that's really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're they're portrayed as these powerless, gentle, you could say effeminized in a kind of uh, not a realistic portrayal of feminine but in the sense that the female paradigm in oppressive society, in patriarchal societies, uh, has the female role, whether it's a, a male or a female-identified person. I also wonder, I was reading about Thai politics recently, and how the king, the new king, his father had been a very uh, humanitarian king, and that this king has uh, was expected to be, because he's lived in Germany for so long, he was expected by king royal watchers, to be retiring and not as involved in... In the running of the country? Yes. Uh, It's not like he's running the country, but he has shored up his grip on the controls of power. So the other thing I wonder about this toxic masculinity role-playing that's going on in this series and others, and that's so strong in recent series, this one and the second one, Secret Crush on You, that we're going to talk about, I wonder if this is some sort of artistic outgrowth or representation of some new mood in Thai popular culture, people in the story about wealth, uh, operate with the same sort of control over their family's lives that the king of Thailand operates over the whole of society. Just a guess.
1: So basically what you're saying is that you wonder if the directors and the writers are reacting to what's going on politically in Thailand and they are creating... Stories that reflect the same reality that Thai people live in.
0: Yes, perhaps, and not in a critical way.
1: And not in a critical way, yeah, just almost right, unconsciously.
0: Yeah, right. The exact opposite of not me.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Now, the other thing I didn't like the scenes in which New had to cry. I, I don't, I didn't always buy buy it. You know, like I, I didn't think. I think it was the weakest link in terms of. In terms of acting, I think this series had a lot of scenes where he had to cry and it didn't always come off sincere in my opinion. I don't know. Even honestly, even the final scene where he's crying when having to turn down healian's Lee, proposal, like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't at the same level as the rest of the cast, you know, that's what I think. But then again, the rest of the cast didn't have to cry as much as he did, right? So who knows?
0: (laughs) The other thing that bothered me was kidnapping. It made no sense to me. Like, the guy owns his own house. And he's in his parents' house. And his boyfriend comes and is like, you're moving in with me. You have no say. Like, he doesn't call the police. He doesn't call his family. Yeah, he calls his mother. His mother's like, you should go live with him. But it was... Yeah, and then he's like kidnapped in the house. And he's like, um, okay, well, gee, this is a nice bedroom. Uh, And now I think I'm going to go to school back to this place where I'm being killed and kidnapped on my own volition. Like, it... uh, if, if I had been in that situation, I was like, I have my own house. If I can't live in my parents' house, I'm living in my house. Goodbye.
1: Yeah, and also the back and forth thing with the proposal. Those scenes in the last episode were just so bad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I did not like them. You know You know how he's, like, trying to propose to Hie-Lin, uh Lian? Yeah, I oh, did right, like it.
0: Right, and, and Lian uh, keeps uh, foiling his attempts to propose. Yes, it was. It was. An, it was. An, this is. This word comes up over and over when shows have trouble for you and me. where the writers? They were being clever putting in a clever little device, but it was forced on the story. It wasn't organic, and it showed.
1: Yeah, it's contrived, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And why wouldn't Leon have had his ring on him and just do it at the same time? Why wouldn't Leon uh, defer? Why wouldn't Leon let him have a chance to do it? It, it was forced. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. It was- also.
0: This kid has a singing career. He he's, he has major albums released apparently, and he's like singing in important nightclubs. And he has his own house, and he has his own motorcycle. And he's well known by the public, and yet he's still an Annabelle, and he still is allowed allows himself to be kidnapped. That made no sense to me. Yeah, imagine someone do, trying to do that to like Harry Styles.
1: Yeah, I just think the translation from novel to script to screen, like, did not work. I mean, and that that's probably the biggest critique I have.
0: You know what our visiting Dr. Hernandez says? He is very well read on the novels, and he says that the novels are problematic in themselves, but that this was just sort of putting the novels into a meat grinder and churning out some mush and then throwing that onto the screen.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did not like what they did at all with the, no- with the novels so uh now i have something here written where i say how could it be fixed <laughs> so so all, you know all, all these issues that we're seeing you know do we think that this is fixable and i think for me i would say i think this script needed to be pretty much rewritten i think i think they should have stuck to the novel more than they did because i don't think they stuck to the novel one example is that the whole thing with the dog and the second couple, Kondiao and Kia Yi, it, it seemed almost ludicrous, you know, this idea that, you know, he will, like, have this little dog and then the other guy will get scared and, and then he decides to almost kidnap him and keep him in his house and, yeah, I, I didn't get that whole thing. I mean, that whole thing was just so weird. But in the novel, you know, it it is a, a tiger, a pet tiger. And that that makes more sense you know because which that would be more, more traumatic. Sense.
0: yeah that's traumatic
1: yeah. yeah I even thought you know this would be such a good opportunity to talk about people keeping exotics in you know, which I think is probably a problem in Thailand. My um, guess is it happens especially people with money keep exotics. I mean I, I think they miss a great opportunity there for uh, social critique but but more importantly, you know I, I think the novel got it right. I think the novel get you know got that idea right. So so I think if they stuck to the novel, I think that, that would be one solution.
0: I agree. It's all in the script. And I, my solution is that they should have told one story. And that story is one of them is a rock and roller, but behaves like an Annabelle. And the other one doesn't like the Annabelle and doesn't know that there's a rock and roller personality. And then the story becomes finding out that there's a rock and roller personality. And either trying to, the other one trying to hide it and then deciding to reveal it, and the other one trying to find it out but not being able to, and then finding it out and adjusting to it, or showing how much he loves it even more than the Annabelle, something like that. I think that's the story, and so if the script focuses laser-like on that story, you can have a lot of fun with a lot of theatricality going back and forth with the hiding of the personality, but it would be a lot clearer. Yeah, it could have and been... the actor playing Cluette has a, the actor playing Cluett has a good time switching back and forth between personalities. That's a great theatrical shtick.
1: Yeah, it could have been comedic too.
0: Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, and so... it could have had some beautiful, heartfelt moments where, that they of acceptance that they tried to do, but their story was so convoluted that it had trouble uh, meaning as much as it could have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, this story did not make me cry at all. I didn't get emotional. You know, I wasn't invested emotionally in it. I think think that was part of the issue.
0: We had to work too hard to make sense of it, uh, to have anything left to cry. But I will say, for BL lovers who aren't as uh, technical as we are, and who just want uh, uh, to see a pretty couple falling in love, and don't really care too much else about how the plot goes, you probably won't have uh, much of a problem with this, because you will certainly get beautiful pictures of a beautiful couple playing playing at love
1: yeah and the sex scenes were pretty well shot and and they were pretty good so that's the estimation for me i would say i think this series is really good for those kind of fans that like to see a lot of physical affection and maybe don't care as much for the very sweet sweet romantic moments I think for me this series did not have actually that many very very sweet romantic moments because probably didn't build up to it but I think the physical affection was there and there was a lot of it so if you like that you you will enjoy the series.
0: So all in all doctor for me my diagnosis is that this is a very nice patient that I'm glad they came into the clinic they definitely need treatment and we're going to have to see them again and again I think I'm going to have to give uh, Z a shot in the ass with a hypodermic needle. And I think I'm going to have to take the secondary couple into the back room and give them a bunch of shots in the ass with a different kind of needle.
1: (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, it flatlined a lot. It came back, but I don't think the prognosis was is good. By that I mean I think this is not a series that I'm going to go back to it again. This is not a series that I'm going to rewatch again. Correct. This is a series that will probably go on the shelf, and I will not revisit it again. So that's all. In I'll... the back
0: of the shelf, in one of those jars of formaldehyde, like a you know a two-headed fetus in a circus show.
1: <laughs> yes. So now, do I want to see some of the actors again? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, think, absolutely. I think. I think I want to see all of them again.
0: But... I want to see them in a series by the dire- the guy who directed Bad Buddy.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be great but yeah i don't I don't think I don't think i'm i i i want to see this series again, and that I mean and that, and I'm including like the last episode, which the last maybe five minutes were probably the, maybe the best of the series, yep. but even then i'm I don't think I would rewatch that episode, so yeah, okay, so let's go on to the other patient, the next patient in the clinic, and that Please is come
0: in and sit on the table and take your shirt off.
1: Yes, and that is, do you want to say the name? The
0: Secret Muppet Show! No, it's Secret Not the actual you. <laughs> yes, but I call it The Muppet Show, and we're just going to dive right in here. I call it The Muppet Show because the acting, particularly of the lead character Toe, T-O-H, was so much like a Muppet. He was like a cross between Kermit the Frog and Beaker. The character style, I mean, it was played for comedy, but the character style was so, so over the top that it was distracting to me. He had these weird noises and these giggles and sort of stifled sigh giggles and these big round glasses and a mushroom haircut. And they really, I thought it was uh, to the point of a disservice to the actor that they made him be so over the top. With being a kind of like on the spectrum geek that he was like a Muppet. So that's why I call it the Muppet Show.
1: Yeah, and you always kept referring to it as the Muppet Show, and I was like, why does he call him the Muppet Show? <laughs> but uh no. Uh I you know, it's funny to me because I actually enjoy this series, you know, and it's it's like it's almost my a guilty pleasure because it Especially wasn't really the pleasure. There episode. were things that were good. Yeah.
0: yeah. the The first episode was not very good, but a- almost unbearable. Yes. If it weren't for the cuteness of the actors, yes.
1: But the thing I now want let to me see- be clear.
0: Yeah. As much as 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 much as Toe was uh, a beaker or Kermit the Frog, I still wanted to bone him. <laughs> I just want to be careful. Or uh, excuse me, I still want to fall in love with him. Yeah. So let me just be clear about that.
1: Have you seen him? Uh, not as tall? Have you seen him as his natural like self?
0: I think I saw one of those behind-the-scenes videos, mm-hmm. and uh, or saw his headshots or something, and it was uh, different. He seems more masculine, mm-hmm. uh, more adult, uh, mm-hmm. straighter posture, um, mm-hmm. and I'd be interested to see what kind of range he can play. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him play uh, a heavily romantic character, it'd be interesting to see him play a bad guy, just what? to see what he can do.
1: I would like to see him play a semi too, you know, like a classic yeah. Thai BL semi, you know. No, uh, yeah, no, the, this show was interesting. So the you know, the first thing I wanna say with this series is it was directed by Shi Wing, uh who directed Make It Right. And She Wing just has this uh style uh about him. Like he is very um uh, I think he likes those things that you were saying, the caricature... Karikash- the caricature karikash- karik- kar- yeah
0: caricature
1: caricature yeah so he likes the caricature he likes to make his his characters are very exaggerated sometimes and he likes to use color he likes to use sound effects uh i mean he directed why are you and i if you remember why are you why are you was a little bit like that too like it
0: was so if he did make it right why are you and this he has been uh, maybe he's an alcoholic i don't know it's like a slow descent into madness for me (laughs) Because Make It Right is one of my all-time favorite series ever and was beautifully done. Why Are You was really pretty good but with some very serious flaws. And then this was The Muppet Show.
1: Well, but remember, he, he did when he did uh, Make It Right, he did it with New and with Andy. So yeah. no, he did it with Andy. He did it with, yeah.
0: Did they co-direct?
1: Yeah, I think they were all involved. I don't know to what degree how they do it, but I know the three of them are credited in my drama list.
0: Sure. Okay, that makes sense then.
1: So, but Win is just—I mean, because I watch other things that he has uh, done by himself, and he, like he likes, yeah, he likes characters that are very exaggerated. Yes. So this was this this had Chewing written all over it. Uh, so let's dive right in. What did you okay. like about this series?
0: There were big things to like about it, and the first and foremost one is this is the story of sissy power yes Uh, it was co-produced by saint who has a cameo in a couple of episodes Um, and saint you may remember went through a really hard time Um, so he was through went through the ringer and i really appreciated that one of the things he did with all of that like the famous adage that lily tomlin said to jane fonda take your broken heart and make art out of it and i feel like saint did that by making a series whose message was about the respect, the authenticity, the um, humanity, uh, and the power of sissies. People believe that sissies are powerless. They portray them in media and popular culture as powerless, as jokes. And Saints said, well, they're gonna be funny, <laughs> Muppet Show, but you have to respect them. And here's where their true strength lies. It lies in their compassion. It lies in their um, friendships and loyalty to each other. It lies in their sense of style and in their tenacity in refusing to give up being who they are, no matter what other people uh, feel about them.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think, you know, from the beginning when this series started, I remember thinking, like, I, I really want to give it, like, more than one episode. People, people, A lot of people, like, didn't like this series in the beginning because yep. of Todd's behavior people were saying oh Todd is so a stalker and i mean <laughs> if you, if if you look but if you look like at, at the definition of stalker like like someone put it up online like what the definition is of stalker and like Todd is not really a stalker not by like the actual correct. definition
0: correct there's no threat he carries no yes exactly malice and threat
1: exactly and that's a very important component but people were yes. like
0: oh Todd
1: is a stalker i'm like I, I really wanted to give this series a couple of episodes before I decided whether I drop it or not. And I'm glad I stuck with it because I think this series had a very positive message. And I think it's important to support this kind of series because even though it was a VL, I mean, I think it has all the elements. It's 100% a VL and yep. it is a Thai BL. It is, it is, I mean, it follows all the tropes of a Thai BL. He had a very positive message about queerness, and I yes. think I like that. I enjoy that. It's so rare to see that in Thai BL. I mean, you see it in Pinoy BL sometimes, but you don't see it in Thai BL. Mm, yeah. Um, so that I think that's my number one thing I like. Uh I I would mention. So you only mentioned one thing. Uh, I should give you the chance to mention a second thing before I mention my second thing.
0: You go ahead and mention your second thing.
1: Okay. Uh, my second ahead. thing was uh, production. Uh, it didn't feel cheap at any point. That one final scene where Toll has the no, it's still around Nuez the other where where shows Toll the 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 collection, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It felt like a dream. I I love that. I mean, it it was just it was just great. And so my my third thing I wrote here is the OST. I, I like this song. This song was good too. Now, the acting, I didn't put it here on my list because, and I agree with you on that, I wouldn't say it was wooden. I wouldn't
0: say it was terrible. There were some, there were some like stand-in-emote moments, like real high school theater, where three friends just stand in a row while another character speaks, and they just kind of try to act with expressions on their faces, but you can tell, like, the director didn't know enough to give them something to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was some blocking issues. The acting was not, like, top-tier. It was, like, Middle tier, I would say.
0: Yeah, they kind of like, we're like, here, be this extreme character, and you over there, be Mr. Boy next door. Okay, go.
1: Yeah, it, because that's, and again, that's like already. To me, it's something I expect from Chiwin. I mean, like, just just watching all all this other stuff that he has done, like, I mean, that's something that that he would do. So it was very, it's it's not the fault of the actors. I mean, I want to say this, it's not the fault of the actors. It's more how the director does it, and I think he does it on purpose. It's just, that's his style.
0: So I do have a second positive. My second positive would be the respect that was paid to characters who are always in popular culture, always marginalized. And there are particular moments of it. And uh, one was when To, there were several times when To was put in a position where, uh, like, the evil girlfriend comes back in and pushes the uke aside and takes the seme back. And it's usually the seme who has to figure that out and get rid of her. But in this case, it was wonderful. It was such a good feeling to have the, the uke, to have To, the sissy, ostensibly. Um, be the one who stood up and got in between his boyfriend and the the ex-girlfriend and say, "Bitch, no, bye, girl." Uh, and he did it a couple of times. Um, and then another one was at uh, at the party at Nuez's parents' house. Wealthy, powerful parents, and he's meeting them for the first time. And he's the boyfriend, and he's you know uh, from a class that is a step down. He doesn't quite fit in. But uh, when when there's sort of a moment where The scary-looking father keeps eyeing him, and in many cases, in many series, it would be a moment when the homophobic father sort of pulls the couple apart or scares off the U.K. This U.K. stood up proudly and just said to the father, as scared as he was, yeah, we're boyfriends. Yep. (laughs) And it was beautiful. It was so... I mean, as much as I'm deriding him for being a Muppet, I absolutely identified with Toe. I spent all of my teenage years... Uh, into my thirties feeling like Toe. I have an inner toe. <laughs> you know, it's I have funny, an inner Muppet. And it's so to funny see because, him in power felt good.
1: Because I would say this like I felt like Toe was my favorite character to some degree. Like he with all his quirks, I found him adorable. I mean he was just yeah. cute, you know and By the and, end he was.
0: Yeah. The first five episodes he needed to be clubbed. but by the end they stopped repeatedly making him make all those weird squirmy smirking to himself moments which he did ad nauseum and they actually gave him real sincere emotions to play when the when the couple acknowledged each other's feelings he got to really play some honest moments as a real person uh with Nguet and those are the times when like you said when he became really endearing.
1: Yeah, endearing is the word I would use. Yeah. Um. Now, in terms of specific moments, there there is actually so many. There is, I mean, at least for me, there were a couple of really good moments. I have to mention the scene where tall
0: Tal, top uh, Nua. Oh, the one where they're out by the pool and they're wearing yeah. The towels. Yeah, because
1: yeah. we always see these roles and they're so fixed, and and we rarely see it very 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 explicitly set and I think it was nice to see it explicitly set versatile I mean, is a thing Thailand yes, exactly like not everybody has to do like just bottom or just top right and yes, so right. I I think it was a great moment I, I'm glad it was it, it, it happened I think and it made sense for the character too
0: yes it did and especially with what I'm saying about this theme of the power of the sissy Yes, the sissy got to top because sissies yeah. aren't always bottoms I mean, exactly. I've been a sissy all my life, and I'm at a top all my well as much of my life has been sexual. Just mm-hmm. say yeah, 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 that was great.
1: No, exactly. I mean, and I I think it's a good point. I think it plays in the in the main theme of the series, which is the idea that you can be effeminate, but you can be a man. You can be dominant. You can like being effeminate doesn't make you be weak, right? Yes. So. I, I love that. I mean, I love that about this series. So, so for me, that was probably my number one moment.
0: So for me, there was a standout scene. It was my favorite scene. It was an episode. I think it was episode nine when all four friends are together at a cafeteria or a cafe or somewhere eating at a table. And it's To and the woman whose name I think is Stumo and Zhao and Daisy. And Daisy has appeared. Through the whole series, uh, as a kind of gender fluid, non binary, sort of right in between, kind of male presenting physically with a haircut and physically, but the clothing and the behavior very flamboyantly, colorfully feminine.
1: I think uh, a totally, Katoi, yeah.
0: Yeah, like yellow beret with purple overalls, you know, that, that sort of very colorful style. Uh, and all of a sudden, Daisy shows up in the school uniform. And sits down and introduces himself, himself as a he, and says, "My name is now Day. I want you to call me Day." And is behaving in a sort of well, his attempt at butch uh, of vo- vocal and physical mannerisms. And the the and the, the team are shocked. The the other three friends are shocked. And it's a long, honest conversation about you're torturing yourself. We hate seeing you doing this. Why are you doing this? Um, Just be yourself. We love you. If he doesn't love you, then he's not worth having. And it's a wonderful scene, not only because of the, the meaning of it, which is excellent, but the actors were finally given a chance to do away with the comic behavior and to play an honest scene, and especially the female and the the woman. Oh yeah, scene, she she's pretty good. She, yeah, right. She's given a, a part to really hammer home the message of be yourself, and she does it in a heartfelt and emotional way, right from the gut. And they all were. It was a a delicious acting moment for each of them. They really shone. They really played it well, and and I loved that.
1: No, that's, that's a now, good point, which shows that they're very good actors. You know, they just, yes. it was the directing that was like making yes. them a little bit wooden, you know. But yeah, no, yes. you're right. That was a good moment. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, the flip side is, is, of course, what we found wrong with the series. And uh, instead of starting with a, a general big one, I'll start uh, with a small one because it relates to exactly this. And it was how they handled Daisy slash Day, because they had that brilliant scene, which afterwards you would expect to see Day break down and go back to being Daisy and understand his own value. But for three episodes, he remained as Day, and they said nothing about it. Except for one moment, the woman goes, oh, are you still doing that? Yeah, we still don't like it. Just like a, a one-second phrase. They didn't address it at all. There was no character development. There was no revelation that the boyfriend liked him, liked them as Daisy. Uh, they even said Daisy is a transgender woman and now he's being gay. they never addressed it. I mean, that's a huge issue to bring up, and they never addressed it, even through the end. Finally, in the last episode, they just kind of crammed in this really quick resolution in which they're like, oh, by the way, Daisy, your boyfriend likes you as Daisy, and now you can be Daisy again. And then Daisy, like, waves his hands in there and goes, yay, I'm going to be myself again, yay. And it was, you know, it's the conclusion they should have been, but it was just stuffed in there at the last minute. And I felt that that was a real serious injustice to the, the value of that character that they had set up in episode one.
1: Yes, and and I would say uh, I mean maybe I, I'll save this for later. i I but yeah I, I think I think the whole Daisy thing for me is is a big issue in this series. I, I guess I'll say it now. I, I think Daisy and Intosh I think they deserve a series. I, I would like to see a spin-off that has them as the main characters.
0: They could do brilliant things with that.
1: To me, that was a, a frustration I had is how they treated character of Daisy and how they pretty much butchered that that plot. Yes. So that that was just a, a little bit of a frustration I had. Let's see, for things that we didn't like, like general, there wasn't yep. that much in general I didn't like. I think there were things in the beginning when the series started, like as the series uh, got started, like I didn't like... A couple of things in the beginning. But there were specific things. They weren't like general things. In general I think. I mean everything was great. It's it's just the specific things that I didn't like. I didn't like how they portrayed Toe in the beginning. I I wish they had done more with that.
0: Yeah it was annoying.
1: Yeah and and the one thing though is. And this I think happened with all of the three couples. Maybe not as much with Daisy and Intosh. But I think with the other two couples, definitely uh, it happened. And that is that they didn't show us why they like each other.
0: That's exactly my main negative. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this sort of preposterous uh, storyline where the paradigm of the boy next door popular jock falls in love with the, the gay sissy Muppet, then you need to say why they love each other i mean we can guess why the muppet loves the jock because everyone is supposed to like characters like that but it would be great if there was something about the jock's personality uh or something he did that toe sees his value and can say look look at his character you can see it right here that's why i love him and equally and even more importantly why does the paradigm cliche of nuet fall in love with mr muppet he says it at the end in the last episode. Yeah. But we needed we needed to see it when the, we see him. Because they actually show Nguyen pretty early on for a BL series falling in love with him. But we don't get it. And we need to have the story told. What is it about to? Uh In the end, he says it's his uniqueness. And that that has meaning for him. And the fact that he was always there, but never acted like a a, 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 a fundoshi. Never like went up screaming to him. And, you know, pulling on him, he just admired him from a distance and he kind of liked that. Those two things should have been told early, much earlier on so that we could see and believe in his appreciation.
1: I mean, basically what Noah said was something like, I like you just because. I mean, that, that was pretty much the answer because, because oh, wow. Tal does get to ask the question, like, why do you like me? Yes. And his answer is pretty much... I don't know, just because, but then, like, he goes a little more in detail and he says, Yeah, like, he says, like, well, because, you know, I guess you were always there. I think he liked that, that to admired him and he liked that To was, yeah, like, I think it would have been nice to see them actually falling in love. I think that, that's my point. I think, I think what yes. makes a BL romantic is when you see that in a character, you see them falling in love.
0: You are so yeah. right. This is the essence of what why we watch a good BL. You see them falling in love, and you yeah. fall right with them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You want it to was, fall
1: with them. Yeah, yeah. Fall in, in love with the them. romantic yeah.
0: In that respect, the romantic the, the, the romantic dynamics were treated, especially with uh, Sky or as properly pronounced Sakai and and uh, Zhao. It was kind of like a Disney sitcom for kids, like in the afternoon on the Disney Channel. It was kind of that level of uh directing.
1: Yeah. And again, very very Chewen, you know, Chouin is is like that. But yeah, like I, I felt like it, yeah, I, I needed more in terms of why they fell in love.
0: Yes. Sakai likes Zhao and 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 likes Zhao with Zhao's uh he likes Zhao with a little bit of fluffiness, but that's not why he likes Zhao. So why does he like Zhao? There's a lot to like about Zhao. Specifically, Zhao is gentle and kind and soft, but also Zhao knows his own integrity and stands up for himself and has a real solid inner core. Well, it would have been great to see that Sakai to see him say that and to honor that and to see how he loved that about Zhao.
1: On the flip side of that is is the Jao is really like the typical uke with the epi, typical, you know, uh, uke resistance. And yeah. we don't see, we see the turning point from the outside, but we don't see the turning point from the inside. What, Correct. like, wh- why did he change his mind and all of a sudden he starts liking Suskai? I yeah. think that was an important piece of the puzzle that was missing. Like, we never know they're, they're, they tried to play a, there.
0: They tried to play it a little bit, maybe it was on the camping trip, when Sakai earns his trust. And he says, you know, I, I am here, I am gonna stay, I'm not gonna run away. And then Zhao kind of allows the romance to continue. But like you say, we don't know Zhao's thought process explicitly. Like that story doesn't get told. Zhao doesn't say maybe in a conversation with To, well, you know, you know To could have said, you keep pushing him away, but he really likes you. I think he's sincere. Why do you push him away? What do you think about him? And then Zhao could say, well, here's my concerns, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, but I, I wish it were true, I wish I could trust him because I love this about him, and I love that about him, and I love this. That would have been good storytelling.
1: Yeah. Now speaking of storytelling, like the one thing that that I think is a little bit more specific that I didn't like about this series is that they threw a lot of things, a lot of some sort of random plot elements towards the end like the last i would say like next to last episode they introduce a secret crush for tall that ends up being someone that actually likes Noea too so i don't right. you know like that whole thing was kind of weird and they just did it like very last uh minute and then they do the same thing they wanted to do kind of like a parallel and do the same thing with jao and that even right. to me was even
0: worse, you know. There's like, got to be a scene yeah. on the cutting room floor because the thing with Zhao, we never found out. Someone was sending Zhao presents, and we never found out who.
1: Well, no, they they did. They, I think they did say who it was, but who? Oh, I never knew. I think it was someone that was in love with. It was no, it was it was skies like X. It was it was something like that. Yeah, I forget. See, if but, you have
0: this much trouble like remembering it, I'm thinking they didn't do a good job of telling that story. No,
1: because they did it so last minute. It was like so last right. minute that we didn't even have time to care for this story because you know the the last minute didn't build up any tension because yeah. you just knew that they had to solve it before the the last episode, which was happening next week. You know so. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was weird and I didn't I didn't like it. I guess for this one, in terms of fixing issues, My I don't really have fixed. a lot to say. I think if they had maybe tried to do less Disney and more Yeah regular BL, it would have been a little bit better.
0: Yeah, they didn't even yeah. have to like change the whole thing, just put in a few more scenes like that one in episode nine that were genuine and sincere. For me, that's exactly right. My fix is, in the first five or six episodes, give Tho some realistic behaviors with some sincerity and vulnerability. Because it was wall-to-wall Muppet show. And it did not allow me to like Tho. And to like Tho, I have to know his heart. I mean, I know he has a crush, but that's not knowing his heart. I have to see him intimately, personally as a realistic human being. I have to see his real heart and he's the he's the protagonist. Like it's really his show. So if you could <laughs> you got to introduce us to your character's heart early on so that we take that ride with him the whole rest of the time. I didn't really like him until episode 6 or 7. I I mean he, it was like I, I keep saying Muppet show for a reason. Yeah. That's what I was getting in all of those episodes cuz they hadn't taken the time to really show his heart. They they sort of demonstrated what we were supposed to believe was his heart. Yes, he has this deep crush on Nuet, but we didn't see any intimacy about it. We just saw him squeak and giggle and sigh and make buck teeth and uh, muppet noises.
1: <laughs> yeah, and my other, I think my other fix would be that they should have had spent more time. With uh, Intosh and Daisy, and and have Daisy maybe become day for a day, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then correct. go back to being Daisy. You know, like I yes, think, yes, and I have think... a
0: moment, yes, and have a moment where Touch just you know a three minute scene where Touch and Daisy are together, and Daisy is trying to be day, and Touch says, "No, I don't like that. I like yeah. Daisy."
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I goodness. think they needed that in the, in the yeah they needed that in the series. Now the other thing, and this is like a minor thing, is I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more scenes, a little bit more screen time, let's say, for uh, some. Sam is the is the
0: some is the is the girl. You're, the you're girl, right. Yeah, and she gets a love interest in the end, but it's real tucked in there at the
1: end. Yeah. Again, she, almost like they just shoehorn it again. <laughs> you know, like they just want when I get it done, but. I think she deserved more screen time because I like her as a friend. Like, she was a good friend. Now, I have some notes here about stalking versus love. I think that's kind of the, the other thing about this series. Do you think this series presents an image of stalking or maybe not stalking, but like this, this idea of having like a secret crush of a, like a one-sided love? being true love because i feel like one-sided love is not true love, right i mean is this doing a disservice by presenting it that way or do you think it's just it's bl you know it's, it's what it is
0: i i never the word stalking never entered my head until other fans started to talk about it um first of all the crush wasn't really that secret <laughs> yeah that's <your, laughs> the even true. the object of the crush knew it knew what was going on it was never secret so it's funny that it decided that um it was um, I mean the the real question is, and the series answered it satisfactorily to me, is was tho infatuated or was he in love? Yeah, yeah, that's what and, I wanted to say, yeah. And they answered the question I mean we didn't really know until after episode maybe six, but uh, because of the over-the-top behavior for comedy's sake, uh, but they did answer the question satisfactorily. It was love. Now, even until the last episode, it still kind of looked like infatuation, but there were moments when it showed itself as love. Those would be when To stood up with courage and spoke the name of their relationship to Nuez's father. Uh, when To stood up to the uh, interfering girlfriend uh, and, and it was like, uh-uh, he's mine. So I do think that they, they answered the question by saying, no, this is actual love, but I think that in a plot where you have that kind of, I'll call it stalking-ish behavior, that kind of infatuation behavior, you do need to say whether this is, is infatuation or love. You do need to make it sincere, just like I'm saying you need to make Toe's character sincere early on so that we connect with his heart and we follow him with our hearts. It can be funny, it can look funny, but there's got to be enough sincerity moments somewhere that we go, okay, no, this is love. He's not He's not a complete freak.
1: Yeah, so What's your all thoughts on these series,
0: So Dr. Fish, my diagnosis for this series is, I'm going to give it a clean bill of health, but it does have a minor chronic illness like the sniffles. uh, And there were some directorial choices that were off for certainly the first half of the series. It ended on its feet with a positive message. Um, I would say it's worth watching. I would not put it first on my list. I would put it down the list a little bit, but I do think it's enjoyable to watch. I really hope the actors get to do something else, but the fact that they made it about sissy power for me boosts it from like a, a three out of ten to like a maybe a six out of ten. And I want to see more Thai BLs take on that message because BLs as a genre are very well positioned, very like importantly positioned, to make that statement and change society for the better.
1: Yeah. For me, I would say this series had some issues in the beginning. So it's like maybe you know I had to go to the to the clinic and put a bandage on, kind of shot in the ass. Yeah, maybe a shot in the ass, a steroid shot in the ass, and keep going. And I think I think in the end, you know, it ends on a on a positive note. It ends, it ends on a high yes. note. I think this series is a series that I could rewatch. Would I rewatch it? Probably not now because there's so many other series, but I think it's a series that I would rewatch. It's a series I would recommend. I don't see it with a bad prognosis like I saw Cutie Pie. Now here's another question. Last question. Will you watch a second season of this? Would you like to I, see a second season?
0: I have two impulses at the same time. One is eagerness and one is uh, uh, <laughs> wait and see. I would want to know who's directing it. I would, if it's the same director, I'd watch. Uh, I might watch an episode with a lot of reservation and ready to. If it's the same as the first season or, or the same quality level, I probably won't watch the whole thing. Um, but if they get a, a a different director or a better director, sorry to say, um, then yes, I would enjoy watching.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. I think for me, I would I would watch a second season. But in my case, I would like to know like, what the focus is. Because yeah. I think they can focus this on Daisy. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. If they have an interesting plot, I think it would be, it would be good. Yeah. I wouldn't be as worried about the director. I think I can always expect from Shewing to have something caricaturesque, you know, and, and Yeah, a we'll bit. get a
0: co-director who knows something about, you know, serious intimate moments.
1: But yeah, I mean I think I will watch it though. I will watch the second season.
0: Well there you have it. Our diagnoses. Our first series, Cutie Pie. A little more serious case. That one's gonna stay in the operating room or in the jar of formaldehyde on the back shelf. And Secret Crush on You, which I had some troubles, but it got a passing grade, and so we're giving it an inhaler and a prescription for a whole bunch of pills, and we're sending it on home. And crutches. We're sending it on home. And uh, we look forward to seeing it again. Thank
1: you for listening to this episode of the BL Clinic. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep watching BL and support your actors. So please, don't obsess too much.
0: That's right. Remember to be a fan, but not infatuated. So we hope you enjoyed our work and we'll see you back in the clinic. Cough, cough.